Welcome to The Quill and the Quantum, the podcast where we explore the intersection of artificial intelligence and the art of writing. I'm your host, Kathy Norris, and in each episode, we'll talk to those authors and other creatives who use or refuse to use AI in their writing process. Today's guest is Lori Stevens, author of the award-winning Gabriel McRae thriller series. And Lori also has a new book coming out in January that I am very anxious to dive into with her. And one of the reasons I'm excited for having her on this podcast. So Lori, welcome to The Quill and the Quantum. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me. And I, I, by the way, I love the name of the podcast, The Quill and the Quantum. We'll see how the two meet. <laughs> Lori, I have a confession. AI came up with the name The Quill and the Quantum. Of course. I, I Google, you know, I, I entered into <laughs> chat GPT or whatever it was. Give me names for a podcast that discusses artificial intelligence and writing. And it was one that popped up and I was like, oh my goodness, that's so good. <laughs> so good. It really is good. It is good. And, and we'll get into the meat of, uh, of, of using chat and all that. Oh, most definitely. Um, I, my, my first question, I was intrigued because you're, you're typically a mystery thriller genre writer, but you moved over into sci-fi fantasy. And I just wondered what prompted you to explore a different genre? I, you know, you're, you're an author, you, you know, how you, you get a muse, you get an idea. Um, and I had always been in thriller and, and this could have been a, like, a career risk for me because my agent really only wants to represent me for thrillers. And I, but I had this idea. Uh, I used, I asked myself the question uh, going back to like the Bible a little bit. And it was, why would God have gotten so mad about Adam and Eve eating from the tree of knowledge? Like what would be so wrong with getting wisdom? Why would that have been such a, a, a bad thing to have them exposed from the Garden of Eden. And when I asked myself that question, I came up with this answer based on where we're going with artificial intelligence and our new digital age and what we're entering and why that would have harkened back somewhere like that. And so I thought of this idea and I decided to write it down. It's, it's a little complex, but uh, nothing I think people can't understand. And I wanted to put it in a fiction book rather than sort of like a thesis or a treatise on something or an essay, because I felt more people would get it that way, more if they're, if they're entertained by a story. So that's actually why I veered off the path, um, because I felt this was a book that needed to be written. It's super timely right now. Oh, is it ever? I, I was, the, the, the central thesis or the, the big question that you raise, which is, um, and I, I made some notes here so that I would not lose it. Uh, but here it is. Is AI simply a tool that amplifies human intelligence or not? You have two characters talk about this in the book. And I thought, wow, I mean, you are, are diving in the deep end of the central question of our time. Thank you. I hope so. I, and I really, it's, it's, it's just would, I, I would love people to answer that question. As long as it's a tool, look, you used ChatGPT, I, and we'll discuss how I used it. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's a tool that we use, that's fine. But the problem I, I see 
is that people, human beings tend to take the path of least resistance. And when that happens and we take the easy way out, we grow dependent, we get crutches, we want to rely on something. And I don't, and because machine learning learns from us and then goes way past us, that's where things can flip. And now we're no longer using a tool. We're the tools. And I, I just, I don't think we ought to write ourselves out of existence. You know, it's, and I, and I think that I'm not, I'm not a doomsdayer. This is not a doomsday book. This is just about human consciousness being as strong or stronger than what, what is machine learning and artificial intelligence. That's all this is. It's just a throwing it out there. You want to make your own opinion. I'm not trying to be what they used to call a Luddite. You know, someone who is, oh, I can't take this. <laughs> oh, the future. Machines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, and that came from when the, they introduced uh, cars at the time of the horse and buggy. There was a guy named Mr. Ludd, I think L-U-D-D, who actually wrote things in the newspapers against uh, how vile the age of automobiles was going to be and that we have to stick with the horse and buggies. So they, you get called a Luddite if you are anti-tech or anti-future progress. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that. I'm not cutting it down. I just worry about our dependency and our are are this trait we have of of taking the path of least resistance you do not want that to replace your brain you don't want a machine to replace your brain your brain is a muscle it needs to be exercised or maybe <laughs> no it, it it does um and that was one of the issues that i was facing in the quill and the quantum and it's in the design of the podcast is I'm not, the Quill in the Quantum isn't pro-AI or anti-AI. It recognizes that AI exists and that there are ways to use it. And there are questions around the use of it, so, you know, such as attribution. You know, do you admit that the title was made up by AI? I know some authors who would never um, admit that the, the amount of their work that was generated through the use of AI. So it... This is very timely. Did you use AI or how did you use the AI when it came to um, creating the return? Well, what I did, because uh, it was a, it was new and I was excited about downloading the chat, the bot. Yes. And what I did was first I was having it check grammar, just check spelling and grammar. You, 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 you type in check spelling and grammar and you put in your little passage and it will come up and say to you, as you know, uh, your spelling and your grammar are good. Everything's fine, but here's how we can improve. And it would give me an option. And sometimes I never liked their option or the bot's option 100%, but I could get some ideas from that little paragraph and pull them into my own. And that's how I used it, not for the whole book. And the reason I did not give it the whole book and I wouldn't and I gave it sporadic passages here and there was a I didn't want to lose my voice it's it, it thank god it's not a carbon copy of my voice but it did learn a lot from me the the second reason is I wanted to know that I was remaining true to to the muse or whatever it is that we get our in, 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 inspiration I did not want to carbon copy 
what it said. And also, I didn't 100% agree with what it said. What the, the options that it gave me, I could pull a couple things from it. But at the same time, it wasn't perfect. It didn't have that soul. It didn't have the oomph that when you're when you're in that zone and you're connecting to your writing and you're you're spilling out your passages from you there this was another voice this was like dealing with another writer and i i didn't want it i didn't want to give it that threshold with with me so i was very particular about how i used it but on that note a guy gave me um, a book to edit. It was a cookbook. How can you edit a cookbook? I, I don't even know. But he said it was 100% written by ChatGPT and the pictures were provided by Journey. So in other words, he didn't take pictures of any food he made. He had them concocted on another, on the, on the, on the bot that does it for graphics. So the entire book was not written by him. And it was probably spilled out in 10 seconds. I did not want to ever be accused of that. So I wanted to keep it, keep it my own and use the bot as a tool, not have it write my book for me. So I was adamant about that. Oh, most definitely. I've had the experience of reading something. I, I have Google, a Google um, search for anything that mentions the words artificial intelligence and writing, and it will, you know, it'll, it'll flag these articles for me. And I found myself in the situation of going, oh, this is an interesting article. Let me interview this author on the Quill and the, and the Quantum. And I never get a response. And I'm thinking, well, part of it might be that they're not interested. But the more I went back and read the work, the more I realized, you know, it was probably generated by a bot. So of course they can't come on the show and and talk to me about it. And it's just a, it's just a suspicion that I'm getting more and more that the reason there's something about the writing that I, for lack of a better word, seems to lack soul. It's it's it. There's no there there. And as excited as I was because it was on topic, it left me with a sense of unease, most definitely. Well, that's interesting. Maybe some people would not become uneasy about that. And to your point, there may be a time where that chat bot can come on your show. <laughs> something. Oh, with an avatar and everything. Oh my goodness. Sitting here as like, I'm, as, as I'm sitting to you. And maybe some people would find that absolutely fascinating. Well, and that brings me to the whole issue of world building because you did such an excellent job of that in the return. You. you said it in the future, but not so far into the future that I didn't recognize the world. I mean, you had drones, you had wall screens. I could even, inv you had um, emotional support pets that were bionic. Um, <laughs> uh, we even had uh, the WeConnect. I could imagine a cell phone that was reduced to the size of a transistor and embedded in the back of my neck and I would operate it by blinking my eyes. I mean, all of this seemed seemed really very not too far in the future. And then you present us with the concept of Daphne, the artificial intelligence that is running everything from the United States to text messages. And I was like, wow. Um, and I and and let me stop and ask, were you uh, did you how much thought did you put into the time period? Uh, in the return. 
people have asked me when when does this take place and i purposely did not want at, again at a risk to give an exact date because all the technology that i researched that's in that book is currently being developed with the exception of the predictor in fact oh. elon musk just announced the Neuralink, and people are waiting in line to get it. And it is a WeConnect, Kathy. It's the WeConnect. And and I want to I want to <laughs> hand a free book out to everyone standing in that line. <laughs> just hello, <laughs> because because uh, you know how people are. They get very excited about tech. They want to have the newest generation iPhone. Everybody, you know, but be the boss. Okay. Don't, don't let it rule you. Um, and, uh, so, so I didn't, pur I purposely did not put in the exact date. Like this takes place in year 2075. I imagined it 50 years in the future. And that was just an approximate because the way that tech is developing and the way that machine learning is happening so fast, it could be 10 years from now. I don't know. So what the reality of that or the world building, as you said, in the book could take place 10 years, 50 years, 75 years. I don't know. I totally agree. Change is happening so rapidly that it's very difficult for us to keep up just as you had, you had identified in the return, the, the artificial intelligences are, are the reactions are so quick. They so quickly far outpace that of human beings that you can even, and I, I, I'm trying to be very careful not to, to be a spoiler here, but when it comes to decisions that normally involve uh, local governments or government agencies, you can see, depending on the amount of control you cede to artificial intelligence, uh, lots of, of decisions being taken right out of your hands. That was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean, there, I, I, I could easily see uh, an, an artificial general intelligence. And you know that, that the difference between artificial intelligence is kind of what we have now, like Alexa, turn mm -hmm. on my lights, um, to an artificial general intelligence, which actually teaches itself. So yes. it, it can go much more rapidly than anything you can program in. And I can see that happening and where our government will feel that maybe this this intelligence, we should make it like people writing books on chat GPT. Maybe we can let this intelligence run our government for us. And we can be here in a figurehead kind of position, but the real decisions are being figured out and processed by a machine. And which seems, which, which moves right into that whole concept of, you know, are we a democracy or not? If our news is controlled, by outs by large corporations with their own agenda are we truly a democracy so many so many themes and questions that you raise in the book that and to your point look what happens even now when you have controlled media all it's done is polarized us so how does this bring us together how does it bring Thank us you. together and um and and i uh, that was kind of a a, a point in the book too is that's what Aiden was trying to say. The main character is you can have all this technology to try to bring us together. It's not working. <laughs> it's not. Hello. 
No, and 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 the grid skippers, um, this people who, for whatever reason, um, either are making a deliberate choice not to be enmeshed in the 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 current um, groupthink, felt very authentic as well because there seems there there are. I won't say always, but many times examples of resistance to the current zeitgeist, what, what the rest of the population is engaged in. And you have those in the return as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're referring to Chris, the grid skipper. He's the only yes, one. That knows, yeah. He's the only one that knows how to live off the land, him and his followers, you know, uh, because they absolutely refused to, to join to join in, get get the we connect, get get anything. Well, the character that really pulled me in the most was Aiden's little sister, and her fascination with jungle flight, mm -hmm. and how she would sit for hours in front of this video game. What we, what I think of as a video game, to the point of. Well, I'm not again. I don't want to give anything away, but but. That struck me. <laughs> exactly. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I could imagine it. I could imagine it. And how, and that, that thinking, her parents' line of thought or rationalization that she's happiest in front of the screen. Why not let her be in front of the screen? Well, there are very good reasons not to have someone in front of the screen, including the, the, the chance that the world has come to an end and you have to forage off the off the land. So I'm sure that's not something that people uh, think about. They don't think of the worst case scenarios in their day-to-day -day lives. There was something I'd wanted to share with you when you were talking about your use of AI in the creation of the return. And there was, you may or may not be familiar with the fact that there was an Authors Guild survey in 2023 and it turns out that 23% uh, of writers report using generative AI as part of their writing process. 45% use of, of that 23% use it as a grammar tool. 29% use it to brainstorm plot ideas and characters. 14% use it to structure and organize drafts. And 26% use it in their marketing. Hmm. But only 7% of the writers who use generative AI said they use it to generate the text of their work. I think among, exactly, exactly. That's my sense that among creatives, there is value in creation. I hope so. But then, uh, then I wonder where, then who's, then who's using it? Uh, the producers or, or, or what's, I mean, we had this huge strike over it in with SAG after us. So um, I, I don't know who's, who's, if it's only 7% of writers, then why has it become a big deal? <laughs> you hit upon the, the, the thing that I, I suspect is that the whole idea of admitting you use AI, using AI and admitting you use AI are two different things. Yeah. There are a, a lot of people, a lot of authors that don't want to admit the extent to which some of their ideas or some of the actual prose has been developed by AI. Right. Um, and, and that's why I'm uh, on that continuum, my own personal choice. And again, we, we end up with a lot of personal choices. I'm going to uh, be as uh, uh, transparent as possible. That, that's, that's, that's my decision because I think 
that the, the, the bad things happen in the dark. You know, it's when people know that, that this is what I have done, that, that we can have an honest conversation about impact and outcomes. I think it's also good to admit it because it, it levels the playing field. If mm. you've written, or like you came up with a fantastic name, the Quill and the Quantum, it was still, you can still take credit for it because no one else is using it. Even if it did come up on a chat GPT kind of thing, you took it, it's yours, and now you're publicizing it. And I think that it levels the playing field in that if, because you admitted that to me, then I don't have to sit there and go, how can I possibly keep up it, finding a, a wonderful name or something, maybe I'll ask ChatGPT for a, a wonderful name next time. But if I admit that then to someone else, then we're all sort of on the same playing field and no one is streaking ahead falsely because everyone else is sort of writing and trying to do it the, the old fashioned way. Someone else is taking the, the ball and running with it, but not telling anyone. Like this guy who sent me his cookbook, that was fine. I was glad that he admitted it and he did put in the, um, you know, who he did, he did say who wrote it, which was a bot. A bot. And, and let's take that one step further. Uh, we, we say the Quill and the Quantum is a good name. And then I go to trademark it. And I thought that would be interesting. I like it. I want to trademark it. I, I, I haven't done it. I'm just curious about um, doing so. Does that change anything? Should I or shouldn't I trademark something that was generated by AI? My guess is that we're sort of in the, the, the wild frontier right now with this. So yes, you could. You could call it your own until they create the technology to run every name and every body of text through some sort of app or software that is uh, that finds a way to say, ah, no, we know that ChatGPT wrote this. And at that point, maybe you, are you supposed to share credit with the bot? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I, that's the reason I, I enjoy this podcast so much. I am not an expert, but I feel like I do not need to be in this wild, wild west that we're in. I'm a writer experiencing these issues and I know I'm not alone. No, and, not alone at all. <laughs> and, and so here we are. And and you mentioned earlier, Kathy, of course, you know about a prompt where you, you add, your prompt was check grammar and spelling and you feed in the passage. And Lori, that had never occurred to me. That had never occurred to me. Oh, wait, and I thought check grammar. I'm sorry, what? Not to check grammar? Not to check grammar through chat GPT. Oh, why not? Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to you going, duh. Yeah, babe. Take that. Kathy, take that that passage, you know, put it on in there and ask Chat GPT to, to proof it for you. Exactly. I love, it. I love it. So that's that's the whole idea here. Yeah. And also it uh it checks your grammar and it'll check your spelling and it will offer you suggestions. And like I said, some of those suggestions are good. They're good. But again, if please do not have it write your whole book for you, write your passage. There, there is going to be something lost in translation, you know, and I'm not trying to be a Luddite again, just 
there is going to be something lost in translation. Uh, I did an experiment where um, I was asked to write a blog and I decided to pick a blog um, that had a very personal aspect because I wanted ChatGPT to try it. I wanted to see what it would come up with. So my blog was about the joy in having an author as a best friend because I have a, a very good friend who's an author. I love hanging out with authors, don't we all? <laughs> But, I definitely. Yeah, she's one of my very, very dear friends, and I wanted to write my feelings about it. So I, I put that in to ChatGPT, write a thousand word blog about the joy in having an author as a best friend. It did so in 10 seconds. It just, there was. Yeah. And I was, I was with my friend, and we were watching this come up and she I said do you see this and she goes I wish I could unsee it <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant quote <laughs> yeah oh. and, and so um what I did is I was not going to use that blog because it was perfect it was absolutely perfect but it wasn't me I'm not perfect and so and so what I did is I, instead, I told the the blog that I was going to guest post on that it was going to be about me and chat GPT. And I put a paragraph first of what the bot wrote. Then I said, this is how I would have said it. Then I put the next paragraph and I said, this is how I, a human would have said it. And I, and the blog went like that. And I said, you be the judge. You tell me what what you feel gives you the most impact as a reader wow that's brilliant i'm happy to say that everyone who commented said yours had more oomph yours you you could write just as prettily as the bot because the bot was very poetic and literary and mm -hmm. beautiful prose but it wasn't me <laughs> And it's, you know, when you talk about feelings, I, I got the feeling that the, the bot was like a parrot. It could mimic well. It can mm -hmm. mimic feelings, but it doesn't feel them. It can't. And at this point, you can still tell, or at least I flatter myself that I can still tell the difference. One of these days, I might not be able to, but right now, I think I it, it's like looking at a, a sketch of a, a human being made through a, a CGI or, or AI, there's something in the eyes that's not there. And who, as I said, who knows how long this will be the case, but right now, this is where we are. Do you remember what, earlier when you said that you've asked certain writers of articles to come on your show, but they haven't responded? Mm -hmm. um, I was at a writer's conference and there was a panel that I attended of publishers and one was a publisher of a Japanese themed magazine where everything is related to Japan. And he says his inbox is getting inundated with, with articles submitted, but they're not written by people. There someone may, and, and he just says it's so hard because he's human and he's gonna have to find uh, a, a way to 
he he doesn't want to publish anything that's not written by a human mm-hmm. but he says that his whole inbox is just stuffed full crammed because people are just generating all of these articles they're just you know basically hitting send and these articles are coming up and he said they're good articles he goes i'm not going to read them so he said his biggest challenge now and a waste of his time in his opinion was he has to disseminate what was written by a human what was generated by chat gpt or one of these any of these other programs are there i don't know if there are other other programs but and he said it's such a waste of time instead of him being able to concentrate on editing good articles written by people he's got to sift through all this um debris and he you know he called it debris because he doesn't want to print something that was automatically generated even if it's good he he just he wants something that was written by a person so it's an interesting uh time we're living in most definitely and thank you for bringing that to my attention that there are people who are trying to to make decisions about human content and the struggles that they're facing i think one of the best comments I've heard in this space was someone who said, chat GPT is wonderful. And there are about four or five others, Lori, and, and one of the episodes on this show is going to be a comparison between them. So stay tuned. But but he, he said, uh, the most important thing is to have a human being at the beginning of the process and at the very end. You can use AI in the middle, but you've got to have a human being at the beginning or the end. And so I keep my fingers crossed that that is a strategy that will continue to work. I hope so. I really hope so. I Again, if it's a tool, great. Use it like you would any tool. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add before we bring this really great interview to a close? Uh, nothing unless you have any specific questions. Oh, I yes. do. How can people get the book, The Return? When will it be out? How can they get it? And how can they connect with you? Not through We Connect, but how can they connect with you? <laughs> Won't it be easier though? <laughs> when you can just send the thought. I know. Um, <laughs> that's why it's going to be popular. Um, yes, uh, the the return will be available January 22nd. It's available for pre-order on Apple Books on Amazon available anywhere ebooks are sold the print book will be available January 22nd if you want information and updates I'm I give them all the time on Facebook it's Lori Stevens books on uh, Facebook or Lori underscore Stevens underscore author on Instagram and or you can go to my website, which is Lori Stevens, as you can see in the, the way the name is spelled, lauriestevensbooks.com. And there'll always be updates there. And uh, you'll you'll find out. But January 22nd, you can get it on Amazon and everywhere books are sold um, then. Congratulations. It is a big deal to shepherd a book from concept to actual publication and sales. So bravo, Lori, bravo. Thank you, Kathy. (laughs) As you well know all of this. (laughs) Oh, it's more than if if I had realized how hard it was to write, I might not ever have started, but it's a a passion and there, there you have it. Yeah, and aren't we lucky to try to live our passion? 
You know, I think everybody should. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Kathy. It's a great podcast. Anytime. Take care now. Bye.